Welcome to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, a candid conversation as we learn about types of dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, frontal temporal, and Lewy body, and the effects on the people we love. Jill's years of dedication and experience help you adapt, overcome obstacles, and find positive outcomes. It's time for Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Well, hello. Hey, you know, I get a lot of calls at times about people that are very hostile. It could be a lot of different reasons. It could be Louie body. It could be that they're just angry. It could be that the caregiver's approaching them wrong. Oh, boy, there's a lot of reasons why somebody might yell at you, scream at you, accuse you of things you haven't done. And... I got to thinking about this recently. Someone sent me a book that they wanted me to read. And the the person that wrote the book made a suggestion that people don't totally lose their minds, but their minds get fragmented. And I thought that was a really interesting concept. And it fits to a huge degree on why somebody's okay one minute and the next minute they're reliving some horrible memory and then they're okay again and then they're accusing you of adultery and then they're okay again and all those kinds of things. And the hostility can be overwhelming. The the strong anger, the blaming the world for their illness, the anger about a diagnosis, they hate their doctor, they won't talk to you, they don't want to discuss anything about their disease. You're taking their driver's license away. They just become so verbally irate and mean that you almost don't recognize them. I mean, it can be really hard if you're unaccustomed to that person getting so upset or or trying to give them any instructions and 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 touching that emotional you know gas tank with a match it happens all the time sometimes people do really weird things like i had a client uh about two weeks ago, who said that her husband was driving and all of a sudden pulled up the emergency brake on their car while they were driving. And then when she tried to to pull the steering wheel over so they could get off the road um, and the car was screeching to a halt and everything was going haywire... Her husband was screaming at her that he knew what he was doing and she was just interfering. 
I, I've heard things like, oh, man, uh, we, you know, I live in Denver, Colorado, and we get snow. And when we get rain before the snow, then it makes things icy. And people who shouldn't be driving are driving, and they're slip sliding all over the place. And they will not let somebody take the wheel. They won't let somebody else drive. They throw a fit. Why does that happen? Why are people so angry? Why are they so out of control sometimes? You know, it's hard to say. It could be that they're emotionally unstable. That's entirely possible. They could be just completely emotionally unstable. Um, you know, I always say you could have approached them incorrectly, but that isn't always the issue. That isn't always the issue. You don't always come up to somebody the wrong way. Sometimes they just don't want you to be in the room with them. They don't want any help, and they have no sense of reality. They're yelling at you. They don't even know what just happened. They don't understand why you're trying to fix what went wrong. Oh, yes. I'm telling you, my my fair weather friends out there, I see you. I hear you. I understand that this becomes overwhelming. When they throw up their hands and they run out of the room or they start screaming at you that you're having an affair or or why did you let somebody sexually assault them, um, they might follow behind you. They might, they might uh, try to distract you and, and uh, wave their hands or throw things at you. Sometimes you have to ask somebody else to intervene. There are times when stuff like this happens in a car where you just feel like opening the door and getting out and walking or saying, I'll tell you what, you can get out and walk. (laughs) Obviously, I don't want you to do that. And you can follow behind them in a car if they get so mad that they want to get out of the car. Maybe that's not a terrible thing. Just follow behind them in a car. There are times we just don't know how to deal with all the problems of the hostility. Maybe that lady that wrote the book and said that their brain gets fragmented could have been on to something. Because when they get hostile or belligerent, it's hard to bring them back around. It's hard to create the ability to have them understand or remember what just happened. You know, they go back to experiences and beliefs that someone did something to them that that the world is against them because they are scared. A person with Alzheimer's and Lewy body operate from a place of fear 90% of the time. 
And when they get that dementia, dementia diagnosis, everything, everything in their world is going to change. They can blame the disease. You can blame the disease. I hope you do. I hope you recognize that they're not doing something to you. But if they go to a place of ire, if they go to a place of rage, this is something that may be beyond your scope. It can be incredibly difficult when you're dealing with somebody who is pleasantly confused and then all of a sudden they are agitated and off the chart challenging. They're throwing their opposition and resistance and negative attitude at you at 100 miles an hour. I always think if you know that person's history, if you know if those things are real, you can tell them they're safe. If if you can try to get them talked down to a place where they, they feel like you care about them and you support them, it's always a good thing to try to do. Sometimes we have to use medications. I hope, I hope that you have an opportunity to try to use your demeanor, your approaches to sound confident and compassionate and caring and loving and try not to let them get you to that state. It's better if you can stay calm, cool, and collected And you're relaxed. You have a good, calm tone of voice. That's going to help you enormously. I mean enormously. Sometimes we get upset about things like somebody not wearing the right thing or changing their shirt into something that was dirty after you've just gotten them dressed or something and we can we can you know emit that energy that says you just screwed up and the next thing you know they've gone from zero to 60 in a new york second and we have to learn to try to work through those instances because If we want everything to be perfect all the time, you're going to be frustrated all the time. If you're frustrated, they're going to be angry. Everything doesn't have to be perfect. If they change their shirt and come back in and are wearing something that doesn't match when you help them get dressed, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. For the most part, sometimes they don't even know they've taken a shower or if they've shaved and we come in and we're telling them that they need to get in the shower 
and they'll tell you that they already got in the shower, and you know they didn't because you can smell them from 10 miles away. They feel that energy. They feel that, and that feels like ultimate judgment. I smell. I can see it on your face. You're pushing me to get into a shower. Next thing you know, we've got a catastrophic situation. If you bring up to them that they have some kind of opposition to what is happening to them, any time that you show them opposition, they see that as a sign that they're losing control. And if they feel like they're losing control, they're going to get angry. Our job is to set that environment up for success. Kind of a good example of that is if you know it's a nice day and you're going to go for a walk, have his shoes and sunscreen and hat and stuff ready by the door. Involve him in the idea of going for a walk. If you just say you're going for a walk and they think you're just leaving because you don't want to be around them, then guess what? We've got zero to 60 again of a bad situation. Try to involve them in as many things throughout the day as you possibly can, but not three, four days in a row. Ask their opinions about what they want to wear. Ask for them to help with the decision-making process if you're going to go for a walk or if you're going to go bake cookies or something like that. When you guide someone and you direct someone, they're going to become agitated. I get so many phone calls and emails from people saying, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden my person started throwing things at me. They're yelling at me. They're, they're saying, you don't love me anymore. You, you want me to leave. You want to put me in a nursing home. And people can literally get off the chart angry. That's why it's so important to get that person in a rhythm in their life. I've said it a hundred times if I've said it once, that routines and rituals are important, especially if they had a specific schedule for most of their life. Fill it with things that they like to do. Bring up good subjects. Bring up fun things that they did in the past. Um, barbecues that you went to, family, family, things that you went to, your favorite Ted Lasso show, whatever it is. Try to set that tone to be one that is not confrontational, one that is not oppositional. There's just too much of this anger going on. Hostility leads to outbursts. So we are constantly looking for that mode of changing the mood, lightening the mood, diverting their attention away to something else that will calm the situation. If that person becomes resistant and hostile to something that you were doing, stop doing it for a second. 
Walk out of the room. If you're throwing away some old magazines, people magazines that that your person always had and they want to keep them and you're thinking it's a fire hazard, whatever it is, they have 25 of them. They haven't even looked at them. Don't throw them away while they're engaged in being upset that you're going to do it. Wait until they're in a happy mood and maybe get rid of one or two at a time. Work through some techniques, for goodness sakes. I mean, we just have so many problems, so many problems with people getting so irritated and so angry. And if you can't redirect, call and ask your doctor for something to help you. But try the person-centered care first. Try to readjust their thinking momentarily so that it is something that you can work with. And remember that you set that emotional tone. So if you're getting somebody who is completely agitated and off the chart angry, there's something that you are doing that is uh, making that kind of come to fruition. Not on purpose necessarily, but you've got to try to figure it out. And sometimes certain people can be a target for them. Like for my mom, it was my niece, Emily. She just unloaded on Emily every time she came after school. She felt like she was being babysat. She didn't like it. And my mom would lash out in frustration. And they do that at the people that care about them the most. Kids do that too. People with mental health diseases do that too. They lash out at the people that love them more than anybody else. Sometimes you just got to let them vent. Sometimes you have to kind of empathize and focus on that person's feelings and, and just the emotion of what they're feeling rather than the actual symptom. Because if you're focusing on the negative actions, then you're going to have more problems. Sometimes the less you say, the better. If they're venting, just let them go. Just let them go and and look at them and act like you're listening and then say to yourself, I'm going to go and get a glass of tea for a minute or I'm going to go to bed because if I wait five minutes, they might forget what they're so angry about. Stay away from ridiculous TV shows. I asked a woman a couple of weeks ago, she told me that her husband was having major hallucinations and would just get so off the chart upset. And he would go to bed and have horrible dreams and thinking that uh, people were fighting him. He, he took that negative energy to bed with him and would be fighting all these dragons and people flying on birds and all that. And I said, does he watch like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones or something? And she said, oh, yeah, he watches both of them. I'm like, well, then put parental guidance on it so he can't watch those shows and put on something else that he likes like music or golf. And she said, well, he'll get really upset about that. And I'm like, well, you... You have to understand that if he sees that kind of stuff, he takes it to bed with him, and then you could end up with a broken nose when he's swinging in the middle of the night trying to fight off these animals. It's better to put up with a little wrath from him for a couple of hours that he wanted to watch his Lord of the Rings um, than having him 
all the time. You know, I just did a show about, you know, emotions and trying to figure out the triggers and what's causing all these problems. Well, these are the things that are causing the problems. These are the things that are the issues. You're going to have to think about those kind of things and figure out what you're going to do to keep them from happening. We're going to take a short break and listen to a word from my sponsor, and we'll be right back. Carillon at Bellevue Station is a residential community enriching the senior living experience. Our community full of grandeur and elegance is located near Cherry Hills, Colorado. We offer independent living and personalized assisted living services and an intimate, caring neighborhood for our residents with Alzheimer's and other dementias. A beautifully appointed spacious apartment, chef-prepared meals, transportation services, and a team devoted to your safety and wellness are what awaits you when you reside at Carillon at Bellevue Station. Call 720-440-8200 or visit carillon at bellevuestation.com for more information. Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. All right. So I've been talking about people being incredibly hostile. As I was just saying, things in their environment can set them off. A TV show, a conversation with somebody who triggers their anger, um... Lots of things. Lots of things. It's our job to try to figure it out and eliminate that. Turn off that TV show. They will hold those emotions for hours on end. They get into their psyche. It's a huge problem. Sometimes we have to involve family members or friends to look for new approaches to keep somebody calm. You know, make a list of the things. Is it a lazy boy chair that they're sitting in that brings them soothing feelings? Is it a particular pair of slippers? Is it a bowl of ice cream? Is it somebody that makes them laugh or has a calming effect on them? If you're dealing with somebody that is off the chart hostile, you have to look for the kinds of things that make them happy. When you see them calm, write it down. Write down what happened in the last 20 minutes. Write down who talked to them on the phone. Figure out those things that work because you'll have a tough enough time with the things that don't, right? And trying to figure out those hot buttons. Are you making food they don't like? Is there a smell in the house? Is is somebody farting all the time? What makes them mad? What makes them hostile? Is it the food you're cooking? I'm telling you right now, if I get Alzheimer's, don't give me Brussels sprouts. I don't like, 
I don't like. Oh, no, I like Brussels sprouts. Never mind. It's asparagus I don't like. I've tried asparagus 15 different times in my life. I'm sorry, my friends. I think it tastes like dirt. If somebody put asparagus in front of me, I would probably bite their hand if it got close enough to me. Yes, I would. You would know very clearly that I don't like asparagus. I don't like cloudy days. If it's going to be cloudy, let it rain. I don't like cloudy days. Knowing things about people can help you figure out the thread that's going to find that calmness for the person. There's certain things that will just make you crazy. I never get out of bed without making the bed first. Never do I do that. I always make the bed. I just do. I'll mess it up 12 hours later. Ten, You know, whatever. But I like a bed made. I don't like clothes on the floor. I have to have a glass of water by the side of my bed so I can have a drink in the middle of the night when my throat gets dry. There are clues to what make people feel off their kilter. If they have a rock in their slipper, that could be very bad. Happens to me all the time. If I have Alzheimer's, how would I know to get that out of there? I like taking a bath, and I put a little duck thermometer in my bath, and I will not get into a bath that is not 112 degrees with bubble bath. Just try to get me in a shower on a day when I want my bubble bath and make the water too cold with no bubbles and see how quickly I get in it. I won't. There are clues that will help us to understand why a person's so angry. Are they missing a sweater? Are they missing their favorite pants? Is his room messy and he was always a neat person like me? Tidy up his room. Take some of the clothes out of the closet and only leave what that person should wear. So that if he's wearing something that's wrong, it's not their fault if you didn't do that. Transfer dirty stuff to the washing machine so they can't find it. Label your shelves and cabinets and say what's in those cabinets. Leave just essential items for them to find. Put an entire outfit just on one hanger. Do some things that will make that person and their life a little bit easier. Because if you don't, they're going to be irate. If everybody's talking at one time, if everybody's talking about current subjects, 
They could bang on a table and we think they're acting out when they just are trying to ask you all to stop talking or talk about something that they can follow. There are usually reasons why somebody is really, really, really upset. And it probably was uh, the person that is trying to care for them missing some marks on a few things. So if you can identify what those are, you're going to do a lot better. And people that are deep into the dementia disease stages, the dementia itself doesn't just impact the memory, but it also attacks their insight and their judgment. And as they're trying to maintain control, judgment problems come in and somebody's inevitably upset at them. Those kind of things happen all the time. They pick up the phone and start ordering a bunch of stuff off of Amazon and they don't have money in the bank and somebody's upset with them and for the next three days you can't figure out why they won't even let you in the house. And when that judgment isn't working, you're the problem. You are the problem. They can't select appropriate clothing for the weather, but it's your fault. They responded to the sweepstakes, you know, the publisher clearinghouse sweepstakes, and you cut their credit card off. We are trying to keep them from being vulnerable. They think we're running their life. We try to shield them, we try to protect them, and they think we're, we're just inserting ourselves where we don't need to be. Our seniors, our people with a diagnosis, are so vulnerable. I mean, they are incredibly vulnerable to phone scams turning the ringer off on their phone. You know, all kinds of things. They don't put their name and number on the don't call registry. They don't realize that they're giving personal information out to somebody and next thing you know they're in serious jeopardy. This is where We might have to have a post office box or something so they don't get all that crap, right? Sometimes we have to ask neighbors to keep an eye out on them because if, you know, if they see something suspicious or people that shouldn't be hanging around or coming to their home or, you know, put a ring doorbell on it so you can see if people are trying to take advantage of them. Do daily activity checks and things like that. Be prepared to cancel their credit cards and then be prepared for them to be mad as hell at you about it. There are reasons they get really, really upset and most of it is irrational. They've always had a habit of just spending money when they wanted to and now you're 
not letting them pay for anything that they want. You're watching their pur purchases. You're, you're paying attention to what's going on with their bank account, and they know it. So when you come over, they're just so angry at you. They don't even want to talk to you. Sometimes we just have to weather these storms, you guys. Sometimes it's just really, really hard. I had somebody tell me yesterday that I can't even remember how the conversation started, that they worked with vulnerable seniors and the seniors would really like them, but they had to sign something as a care partner that doesn't know the person. They had to sign something that they wouldn't take any gifts from people. And I said, well, yeah, I mean, they might give you their wedding ring. They might give you their bank account number because they think you're really nice. And all of a sudden, a family member wants that back. They're looking for the wedding ring. They're looking for the money. Oh, my God, do we get problems with stuff like this where family members start trusting other people that are not related to them, people from their church, people from their neighborhood or whatever, and they don't let you in the house. They won't even, they won't talk to you. Oh boy, I have had so many clients that their people got so angry at them, they wouldn't let them in the house. They changed their power of attorney when uh, the first time you took the car keys away or you put your name on their bank account. And the bank's not helping either. They will let them spend what they want. And then when you try and stop it, guess what? We get hostility and anger. With all of that, as we're trying to preserve their dignity and their self-esteem and all that, we also have to make sure their safety is a priority. We have to make sure that we're doing whatever drastic measure we have to to protect that person. And sometimes they can be so angry about it, they tell you they hate you. They tell you you're stupid. They tell you you're fat. They tell you that they don't want you in the house. You're always taking my money. You know, there's lots of ways. There's lots of ways that we could say, can I help you with your checkbook or... Um, thank you for allowing me to be the person that cares for you. We can say all these nice things. The bank wants us to be very careful with our accounts and keep everything private. Um, use those soft tones. You've always done a great job with your bills, but let's work together and let's get things organized. Things in the world have changed. Um, I understand you're frustrated. Let me take care of paying your bills or your property tax or whatever it is. I'd be happy to put your name on the do not call registry. Offer some ideas about being helpful without trying to send them off the deep end of your butting into their life. You're trying to take complete control. They know their brain isn't working, but it just comes out as pure hostility. I feel so bad for so many of you out there that are struggling with these problems. I see them day in and day out. It breaks my heart. Do what you can. 
to take that negative and turn it into a positive. Act, don't react. And try to talk with them as best you can if they're able to understand. And if they're not, then you're going to have to try to make some changes on your own and the best that you can. And they're not always going to like them. And it's not always going to have a good outcome. But as long as you focus on doing the right thing for that person, for their safety, their health, their well-being, you're doing the right thing. And sometimes you have to maybe not be around for a few days for them to realize that they need you. That's okay, too. Hey, I got your back. I'm trying to help you. Just do the best you can. And as long as you're always trying to do the right thing, you're probably going to be okay. And when in doubt, call in a professional. Well, I will see you next week, my friends, on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at summitresiliencetraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.